now listen to the moon child it's around 2 30 it's a tuesday afternoon and i'm back with another episode it's been a depressing time for as a kings fan but let me catch y'all up on my life real quick um last time i uploaded was on thursday i didn't have work on friday but i did get called in on sunday and monday so i've been busy with work but it's been nice to have this day off and be back. I've been hoping for the Kings to try to change things up. But unfortunately now we're on a seven game losing streak. And I have to come here and explain myself on it. I got to explain them. You know, because I had them be in the eighth seed. I talk about how great this team can be. I can talk about how good they are. How Fox is an all-star and how Tyrese is a rookie of the year. But the... The results ain't translating, and I have to take accountability on this, me being a fan of this team. I could be living life, been a Warriors fan, enjoyed three championships in five years, but I chose to fall in love with Rajon Rondo and then DeMarcus Cousins and endure the pain and the suffering of being a Sacramento Kings fan. And... You know, so much to blame. You got the players. You know, you got the coaches. But at the end of the day, until the culture of this organization changes, nothing will change. I truly believe that the goal should be to compete on a night-to-night basis. And when I look at the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know that you know they you know that they're probably not a playoff team. But they're competitive. They're playing inspiring basketball. A lot more aggression. And because their organization is able to sell them on something, you know, they're selling them on the winning culture as far as last year, in the past. And the Kings don't have no pass, especially when it comes to younger players. A lot of these guys that's coming into the league is the same age as me. 20 years old 21 years old and the kings haven't been into the playoffs in 14 years that's a long time because you don't even remember too much of your first three or four years of your life so when the kings haven't made the playoffs since i'm six years old a lot of these nba guys that's coming in ain't seen the kings in the playoffs since they were six or five years old and they don't even remember watching basketball at five and six years old so, it's, if I was like a Heat fan or something, you know, I can't, like when you see young players coming in, it's like, yeah, you know, you should want to work hard for this team. I can't even expect that for this team. You know, I can't expect a guy to come in, which is, you know, Tyrese Halliburton has expressed, but I can't expect a guy to like, want to be, a, hopefully be a king for life. I can't hold that, hold them against them, because necessarily their career might not be as good where it can be somewhere else. And this organization desperately needs a winning culture. You can bring in any type of players. Like, we can tank and get freaking K Cunningham. That might not change anything. Until we start building a winning culture, it all starts from the top of the organization. Nothing will change. But we have a new GM. And I truly believe that this GM can fix things. Because I'm just based on his recent resume ever since he's been with us 
His first draft was a success. We were at least top three or top top three winners in this recent draft in drafting Tyrese Halliburton. And I like our second round picks in Jemias Ramsey and Robert Woodard. So the thing is, he just hasn't made a move yet. And he's dealing with the roster that's just not that competitive. We have some young pieces, but the full roster is not ready. It might not be playoff ready. I think it can be a eight. I think it can be a play-in game ready. To be in the play-in game, you got to be the seventh to tenth seed. You have to be bottom five worst teams in the West to not make the playoffs. I don't think we're bottom five worst in the West. I truly not believe that because we have a superstar in De'Aaron Fox, a star in Halliburton. But as far as these last seven games, you know the roller coaster season. We've shown that we can win games, but we can show that we're just so inconsistent. We start off the season three, three winning the first three out of four. Then we let, lose the next six out of ten, or eight out of ten, I believe. And then we go on and win the next six out of seven. And now we're on a seven-game losing streak. So let's talk about these L's. And I say this many times. I don't care if we win or lose. I don't have the expectations of competing for a championship or even going to the second round the goal is to kind of make the playoffs if you don't you don't but can we at least compete on a night-to-night basis can we at least show that we're competitive on a night-to-night basis can we show that we're improving on a night-to-night basis you know what i'm saying are we competing on a night-to-night basis that's what i truly care about but so I'm going I'm to go over these past seven L's and talk about if it's a good loss or a bad loss or a semi-bad loss. All right, because they're all losses at the end of the day. But it's how, you know, de- depends how you lose. You know, I really truly believe how you lose a game. You can't just be out there just displaying bad basketball. And you look at the 76ers, the start of our losing streak right after we come off the winning streak. We're coming off the winning streak. We're playing good basketball. When we lost to the 76ers, it was good basketball. They're just a better team. They have the MVP, in my opinion, in Joel Embiid. He was just virtually unstoppable. We ain't got nobody to stop him. They play well as a team. I think we were playing well as a team. We just didn't win that game. Happens. Okay? Then, you know, we got to go against the Magic, who are heavily injured. Are we going to play down to our competition? Yes, we did. This right here was a bad loss. Vucevic and Michael Carter-Williams did whatever they wanted. And... We just didn't look as motivated. I don't know if it's because we're playing at home. I don't know what was the deal. We just had a bad night. And that happens. You had a bad night. Doesn't mean it was a good bad night, but still, it was a bad night. So if you have a bad night like that, you got to be able to, you know, come back the next game better. So we go against the Grizzlies. I'm hyping up the jaw versus Fox thing, you know. And it was another bad loss. Grizzlies came out with a whole nother aggression compared to us. It looks like that we're just playing straight up soft. Doesn't know like it doesn't look like we know what we're doing. So now that's three straight. We have a bad loss versus the Grizzlies, who I think we're on a very it sucks to see that because I feel like we're in the same talent level as the Grizzlies. And um as far as, you know, what we're building around, Fox, John, not too far off, Bagley, Jaron Jackson, Tyrese. I think Tyrese is better than Dylan Brooks. You know what I'm saying? They got Valachunas. But it's not a great difference like the 76ers or the Lakers or the Clippers or something like that. And it was just a bad loss because 
it, it, it really looked like they were coached better. But at the end of the day, the organization is also ran better. The Grizzlies are a very good organization compared to us. doesn't matter what talent you got. It all starts with the organization. That's my point. So then we lose to the Grizzlies, and now we got this tough stretch. You know, we got to go against the Nets and the Heat. And with the Nets game, I would say this is a semi-bad loss. Uh, we were going neck and neck the whole first half. It was no defense being played, I believe. It was already at 150 points total by halftime. It was like 70 to 70-something at halftime. You know, nobody's playing defense. But then, start off the third quarter, see how we bounce back. Can we keep, you know, can we keep up with them at least? And no, we show that we can't. They go on a 20-0 run in the third quarter. Um, I'm, I'm not entirely mad about it because Kyrie was making some crazy-ass shots. James Hart was doing his things. Those are Hall of Fame-level players. And, But still, we can't just let that. You can't just let a 20-0 run happen. It's unacceptable. Timeout, defensive changes. Like You can't. You got to have more pride, and players got to show a little bit more pride. And that starts with the organization. It's hard for players to have... How you expect to have players have pride when they're playing for a shitty-ass organization? You know, I, it, it comes down to those type of things. You got players on the Grizzlies showing pride that they play for the Grizzlies. You only got a few players that have pride for playing for the Kings. Makes a difference, you know what I'm saying? We play the Nets again tonight, so we'll see how that go. We got a rematch, but we're playing in Brooklyn. We're not the favorites, so we'll see how that go. I'm just looking for good basketball and improvement. Then we go on to the Heat. And this game just oh, made me pop a blood vessel. I was done watching it by the fourth quarter. In the beginning of the fourth quarter because we were down so much. Yeah, we came back. We only lost 118 to 110 because of garbage time points. That's how it always is. But it's the defense. It was just common basketball player IQ. Like I can't. I can't I don't understand how Luke Walton is supposed to to coach people not be able to see man see ball. Like that's so elementary. I'm the Heat had so many backdoor cuts. Bam and Jimmy had triple doubles. Both. They all had assists. They probably had I gotta check how many assists they had that game. They probably had over like they had at least thirty assists that game. Let me let me check on that game. Because they had so many backdoor cuts. And I'm like, y'all, are y'all not seeing this? Like, can we make an a like can we please play help defense? Correct help defense? And let's see how many assists they had. They had 36 assists. 36. And I from watching the game, they're just all backdoor cuts. And it is different. It's different, okay. They weren't even backdoor cuts. Like people were getting backdoored on help defense. Like, you know, you deny if you're a pass away and you stay in help. When you're two passes away and people were still getting backdoor cut. I'm like, come on. like, And they kept on doing it. Like, how did we not figure out what's going on? Take some pride in it. That's the players, but that's also the organization. I'm trying to tell you. The organization is the most to blame for all this. Okay? So then we lose to the Heat. Now, we go to the, now we're going to go on a road trip. And they go to Chicago. They go to the Bulls. Another bad loss. Zach Levine is a very special player. I've seen him up close. Um, the closest seats I ever had to NBA game was Kings versus Bulls um, last year, and um, like towards the end of the 2019-2020 season, before the pandemic happened, and just seeing Zach Levine play live, man, the dude's special. You see that type of athleticism up close, but it's the way that 
You know, he's just one of those, he's not just one of those athletic crazy dunkers. Because he is, but he's incorporated so much skill in his game. And he floats on his jump shots and there is nothing you can do to contest it. So when he's on, there's nothing you can do about it. Which is fine, but when I was, because I was at work for these Bulls and the Bucks games. And I was looking at the light, I was looking at the tape. And defensively, there's just some, it's the easy buckets that we're giving up. There's too many little easy buckets that we're just giving up you know even the scrappy buckets as well it was this one play i just got so pissed off thomas sinaransky was at three-point line but he was late to close out but he didn't even fully close out he didn't even close out he was at the free throw line basically and um sinaransky was at the top of the key or kind of like the right wing of it and buddy was at the elbow now, if you think of where the elbow is and where the NBA three-point line is, there's a whole lot of space. Sanoransky has the space to shoot it because Buddy didn't even try to contest it. And he didn't even try to close out completely. But now he's like, you know what, I'm going to go get me an easy bucket to the basket. Still blows by Buddy Hield, where he has, where Buddy has not one, not two, not three, but four steps ahead of him. Still blows by him. And gets a layup. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, and and like it, it's just hard to watch your team play defense so poorly on a night to night basis. We can't buy a stop. We're a top fifteen offense in the league, but we're last in every defensive category. We're historically bad on defense, and it sucks. So that game for the Bulls, bad loss. Now when I look at the Bucks game, um, it was semi bad. Um, we had more assists than the Bucks. We had, and the Bucks turned the ball over a lot more than us. I would say this night it was more of an off night. Um, Fox shot terribly. Buddy shot terribly, I believe. Halliburton had a great night. He was just off, and I think Bagley was a little off, but he was playing good defensively. I heard he was getting tenacious rebounders. He's a he's a very good offensive rebounder. But um, you know, Bucks is also more talented. But to get let them get 128 points, that just can't happen just can't happen so um, teams are doing whatever they want on this so out of all those seven games I got one two three four four of them are bad losses two of them are semi bad loss the only good loss out of the seven games was the first one versus every Sixers so things got to change defensively man it's got to change and I'm gonna bring you a little thing by the numbers that I did mathematically by myself um, I wanted to see how good we were. How what would our record be if we held? You know, what would our record be out of all the games that we held the team under 120 points? And we're eight and six. That's 57 percent of our games. We're 12 and 18. And you know, you do 70. If we can, if we can just hold a team under 120 points, bet on our offense because our offense is. Well, I'll get into that in a second. Our offense is top 15, for sure. I truly believe that. I feel like we can score with anybody, but it's hard to control the game when you're constantly giving up points. And that leaves the next person to blame and who's probably on the hot seat now, and that's Luke Walton. Let's talk about Luke Walton. Now, I'm one of those people that's not like, oh, let's just fire Luke Walton. Because my thing is, are we just going to keep hiring new coaches every two years? Seriously, like how many times are we just gonna keep blaming the coach? They have Kings have so many coaches. 
and it's something more than just the players and, and the coaches. It's the organization, and we have a new GM, so that's in the process of getting fixed. It's just hard to say that because this team has been in the playoffs for so damn long in 14 years that it's hard to be patient to say, okay, we got a new thing going on. Like, because it's easy to say that because it's felt like that the Kings been saying that for years. But for real this time, all right? You got, we got two stars that we're building around. But back to Luke Walton. According to the odds, because there's odds now, you can bet on who's going to be the next coach to be fired. Um, it was Ryan Saunders, but he's been finally fired. And I don't agree with that new head coaching thing, but I can't judge. I don't know too much about him. We'll see what he does, but what he, what he does. But Minnesota has a lot of talent. Ryan Saunders was not making it work. He was terrible. Uh, they kept losing so many close games. I hated the way they ran their offense. They jacked up too many ISO threes. Ugh, which is bad. Minnesota is a bad organization, just like us. We're in the same shoes as Minnesota in a way. But you see how much worse Minnesota looks compared to us? And they have more young talent than us? So, luckily we're not the worst organization. We were the worst in 2010s. But as in far as this year, we're not the worst. Alright? We're definitely top three worst. We're not the worst. Alright? <laughs> but let's talk about Luke Walton. Um, as far as the Kings, what he's doing with the Kings. The Kings are 12th in three-point percentage. And they're 11th in pace. So, but the problem is, is that they're last in defensive rating and points given up. Historically bad numbers. And it's this lack of a defensive adjustments. Um, we let a team do one. I, I'll be watching. We just keep letting the team do one certain thing and it keeps happening. It keeps happening. It keeps happening. And Luke needs to make some adjustments on defense. But offensively. Things rolls pretty smooth, in my opinion. Uh, we rolled pretty, pretty smooth, especially for what we have because of the talent we got. But offensively, we he finds a way. He he does drop. There's a lot of plays where we have a lot of open shots. Uh, we knock down a lot of threes. The pro and our pace is at 11. Our pace should be at top five. The only reason our pace is not top five is because we can't get a damn stop. If we can just be average defensively. I truly believe that this team can be an 8th or 7th seed. I, I'm i a true believer of that. I just did not expect for the Kings defense to be the worst ever in history. Okay? And I think firing... And if we're going to talk about firing Luke Walton, this is going to be... So, Fox had had two coach. He's in his fourth year, and we fire Luke Walton. He's going to be on his third coach in his for his fifth year. I don't think that's fair. It's going to be the boogie situation all over again. But the thing, the difference is, compared to Boogie's situation, is that he was the only star. And this time, he has Tyrese. Um, and we also have Bagley. So we don't have just one star where we're going to be in no man's land. We actually have something building. It's not like Kemba. It's not like DeMarcus Cousin, where you just have one young piece. We have young pieces, for real, this time, where two are for sure stars. I don't, I don't see Tyrese Halliburton getting any weaker he has a high he's a high iq player the more experience he's gotten you can see the more comfortable he's playing out there you, you just go look at his first preseason game and how passive he was he was so passive in his first preseason game which made his first regular season more surprising because he just constantly constantly improves the more comfortable he gets the more confident he gets the more experience he gets the better it will be for him and for the team but 
you know, if this winning, this losing streak continues and we keep defending this bad, um, you know, maybe let Luke Walton go. But then again, it's like the roster is worse. And now that brings me into the players. The roster is way worse than the coaching, okay? We're, we're relying on minutes from Corey Joseph. Um, we're relying on minutes from Glenn Robinson, Hassan Whiteside, um, now Neymanya Bealisa. But it's like, you know, what are we doing? We don't have a real rim protector right now. Uh, we don't have a glue guy right now. And, you know, this is not the roster that Monte McNair necessarily put out. This is Vlade's roster. And um, it's tough. <laughs> it, it's really tough to just kind of like put your finger on it because there's some good, there's some bright spots. The future, in my opinion, I think everybody should know that the future is actually really bright. Um, it's not our time yet. And... But the time will be coming. When you have De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton and potential of Bagley, the future is bright. Fox is signed. He wants to bring. He wants to win in Sacramento, at least for these next five years. I can't hold against him if we're not making the playoffs in these next three or four years and he wants out. I can't hold him against that. I can't. Tyrese Halliburton said he wants to be here. He wants to make this change here. He feels like it's the perfect fit for him. My only thing with Bagley is I don't know where his mentality is right now. It seems like he doesn't want to be there. He'd rather get an opportunity somewhere else. And that's where you can like hold Luke Walton down on, on how he gives Bagley's opportunities. But you know how I feel about his opportunities because how bad he's been defensively. But he's been showing that he can improve defensively. Rashawn Holmes is out a couple games. He got more opportunity. I think he should just start letting Bagley rock out more. And I'm going to need Bagley to prove that you know, he's that guy. Um, if he could just do his part defensively, easy 20-10 guy. Easily. All right? We know this. But majority of the guys on this roster won't be on this team for the next two years. We have some young guys. Jemias Ramsey. We have Robert Woodard. We have Kyle Guy. Daquan Jeffries. We have some young guys. But we need that glue guy. Um, if we're going to trade Buddy or Harrison Barnes... We got to get a glue guy. I really want Matisse Thibault. We need a guy that can just do the dirty work, that can set the tone. And honestly, the guy that we're missing from last year, and we had such a good bench. Well, I was so confident in the team yes, last year before all the injuries um, was Kent Bazemore. We need, to get, we need to get a guy, a glue guy. And when you think of every single championship team, what championship team doesn't have a glue guy? Let's just, let's think about it. Look at the Lakers last year. You had a couple of glue guys. You had, you had Caruso. You can even say KCP. You can even say Dwight Howard or JaVale McGee. They had a lot of guys that just did a specific role, but they made winning plays. Guys that make winning plays. We need a guy that makes winning plays. And that's why I'm not here for like, oh, we got to just tank and get the best player and stuff like that. Okay, I'm like, we at the end of the day, we need a guy that will make winning plays. And I could truly think we can get one of those guys at 16 or 17 after we build a winning culture and make the playoffs. Let's look, let's look at more championship teams. Look at the Raptors. Who's a glue guy? And it don't even have to be just a glue guy. A glue guy could be your superstar. 
And I would say Kyle Lowry was the glue guy for for the Raptors. You had you had him. Um, you even had a guy like Norman Powell, or you can even say Marcus Saw as well. We already know who the glue guy was for the Warriors and Draymond Green. Who was the glue guy for the Spurs? You look at the Spurs team. You look at the glue guy, Boris Diaw, made winning plays. Aaron Baines, Thiago Splitter, winning plays. Miami Heat, Shane Battier. Dallas Mavericks, Tyson Chandler. Ron Artest for the Lakers. Or even that 2009 year before Ron Artest came, you had Trevor Ariza. Boston Celtics. Nobody likes talking about, but Kendrick Perkins, a guy who stuck to his role. Glue guy. 07, Spurs, Bruce Bowen. He annoyed the crap out of everybody. And that's how far I'm going to go. 2006, um, let me think, let me think. I got to remember the team. Yeah, you could say Gary Payton in a way. Gary Payton was a good glue guy for them. Go to 05, the Spurs, Bruce Bowen again. 2004, the whole team was full of glue guys. Teron Prince, Ben Wallace. Look at those Lakers team. Horace Grant, Robert Horry, Derek Fisher even. Glue guys. Bulls, Dennis Rodman. Those Rockets team. Otis Thorpe, Robert Horry, Kenny Smith. I want to say Kenny Smith. Robert Horry and Otis Thorpe for sure. Those Lakers teams. You had um, Kurt. He had guys like Kurt Rambis, Byron Scott, Michael Cooper. Michael Cooper, actually, not Byron Scott. Michael Cooper, Kurt Rambis. The Celtics teams. You had Dennis Johnson, Danny Ainge. So every team has, every championship team has that guy, that glue guy who's willing to sacrifice and make willing plays and also bring a certain mentality and aura for a team. Even the teams that didn't win, look at the Heat last year. Look at me, glue. Their star was their glue guy. Their stars, Bam and Jimmy. You need, we just need some glue guys, and then we need some dog guys that can make some winning plays. And I hope that guy can be Matisse Thibault. He can change the defense, and he can be the glue guy that we need. He probably can't shoot for nothing. He can develop that. We need a guy that needs that knows how to play defense, that knows his role, that can bring, that can make winning plays. People are underestimating the value of having a guy like that. And I don't see how tanking and getting this top prospect, which I think the top prospects are very good, but I think we have players that we're building around that are very good as well. And just adding another talent isn't going to make anything better, I believe. You know, you need a specific role. This is a team sport. And that's why the Lakers had so much success last year in their first year together because they had established roles at pretty much every depth. They had established roles. You know what I'm saying? They had guys who made winning plays. They don't have those same guys that's making those winning plays this year, which is why they're struggling. Uh, they are dealing with the injury, but I still think they need some rim protection. But as far as the Kings, they need that glue guy, man. 
They really need that glue guy more than anything. So, we'll see how they bounce back, how things changes. They play the Brooklyn Nets tonight. And then the schedule should be getting a little easier, actually. I believe we play the Pistons soon. Let me check on the schedule. Um, we play... So we play the Nets today. And then we got the Knicks on Thursday. And then we got the Pistons on the back-to-back. Those can be two wins that could start something. And then after that, we finally... Oh, then we got the Hornets. And then we finally got the Lakers on the Wednesday. So if we can do good, if we can beat Brooklyn or at least compete with them, I can see a three-game winning, a four-game winning streak happening again. We can get back on track, get our confidence going again. It's a long season. But, you know, it's how you overcome the tough times. And we're going to see how this where this team's mentality is. They're on a tough losing streak, on a tough stretch, on a road trip. got to see how you bounce back from this. you got to keep it going. It's a long season. got to grind through the season. So, hopefully, hopefully they can make something happen. Hopefully we make some adjustments. Hopefully we defend with some pride, play with some inspiration. And we'll see where it goes. I'm going to keep you all updated on it. But, yeah. Um... This is why I wanted to come back and talk to y'all about. I'm probably finna just chill for the rest of the day. I might go by the river. Um, smoke me a little something before the game. It's a it's an East Coast game, so the game starts at 4.30. But, yeah. This is episode 27. Episode 30 coming soon. I'm excited to keep this shit going for y'all. And if anybody that's listening, I'm, I live for you, man. Or her, woman. I live for either of y'all. Alright, um, don't get, my. I guess my advice today, don't get too overwhelmed with what you see on, um, on the media and everything. See a lot of just false narratives lately. Um, it's just a lot of false narratives, a lot of generalization lately. Social media, I mean, you know, don't let, don't let the media distract you what real life is, um, just don't, alright? It's a lot of generalizations. It's a lot more love than you think that we have compared to hate. It's easy to say how much we hate we got. We got a lot more love for each other than you think. Okay? I'm not trying to be ignorant to anything that's going on as well. But I'm seeing this whole, like, racial Olympics, oppression Olympics going on right now. And... Oh, why is everybody saying this? Why is everybody... There is no such thing as why is everybody saying this. It's just a whole lot of generalization. All right? Most important thing is to understand what's going on and be allies to each other. And not generalize hate and not compete against one another. Especially when it comes to ethnicity or race. It's just weird. All right? Just because I'm African American and I've gone through some experience doesn't mean I'm going to be ignorant to the experiences that Asian Americans are going through right now, or even Latinos of what they go through, right? It's not a competition, okay? We can always support one another. We don't have to always bring it back to another thing, okay? Stop the generalization, all right? Let's just stop it. Actually, you probably can't stop it. You can't really defeat the internet. So that's why you got to just have your own mind, think your own stuff, and keep it pushing. Alright, I'm going to keep it at there. Thank you for listening. I'm out. Peace.